Hey, guess what? Looking up is about to start. Stay tuned. You will see there a highway from God's own hand that will lead back the lost to the promised land. And the voice of the Savior will call us friends, saying, Join in the song of the Lord. We will call back our armies, return from war, and we'll make into plowshares our useless swords. Very soon to forget what they once were for when we join in the song of the Lord. We will say in that day to the Lord, give thanks. We will not be afraid, for He comes to save. We will shout, we will call every tribe and race. Come and join in the song of the Lord. You will see there a banquet for sinners spread, where we'll sit with the Lord at the table's head. And our shepherd himself is our wine and bread, and we'll join in the song of the Lord. We will sing in that day to the Lord, give thanks, we will not be afraid, for he comes to save.
Today is my wonderful husband Justin. Ah, I like the adjective. <laughs> wonderful. Thank Kems you. comes for you to you for free. <laughs> <laughs> and actually, we are also joined in studio by our wonderful producer today. It's Magantha. Uh, Shell's not with us at the moment, so Magantha is covering. And thank you, Magantha, for keeping us on air and all the the good things that you're going to do for us. <laughs> so, Pastor Danny is not with us at the moment. Do you know where he is? Yeah, he is um, doing a three part or a three week long series of presentations locally and he could have made the first half of looking up but not the second half and he said oh i'd love to and then to just you know rush off as i need to but anyhow he said why don't you fill in for me and so i'm honored to do my best to uh fill those shoes that pastor danny would otherwise fill so the next three weeks today next week and the following we're uh, going to be together, you and I. That's right. Here and, on radio. And it's going to be doing, we're going to be doing some very interesting programs on a very important subject. Yeah. Should we tell them now? Tell them now. Yeah. We're doing a three part series called Climate and the Christian. Okay. Part one is today. So, what's all this about climate change going on in the world? Um, the political push for it. What's behind it? What does the Bible have to say about the Christian's duty toward caring for the planet, if anything at all? And um, we're going to answer some of those questions and more. I'll t- say more later, perhaps. Okay, all right. Well, this is an extremely relevant subject, so we're so glad that you have tuned in to join us for today's program. Today, it's a live broadcast. Like I said, it's Wednesday, the 10th of May here in Newcastle, and it is a beautiful uh, afternoon here. And so because it's a live broadcast, we would love to hear from you. We always enjoy reading texts from you and receiving those messages. So if you'd like to send us a message, a comment, a question, even a prayer request about the subject that we have today or prayer request that you want prayer for, please text us on our studio number 04888 
17624. And you will want to keep that number handy because as we go throughout our program, we do have a special prize that we'll be giving away and you'll be given a code word that will be, uh, you can text to that number, 04888-17624. And yes, keep that handy for later. Also a reminder that you can access all the past episodes of the Looking Up program and every other wonderful program on the Faith FM radio station on the faithfm.com.au website. There, all the programs are uploaded and podcasts, so you can just sit there and binge, listen to all of Faith FM. There's so many good things there. If you run out of things to do, just go to the website and look up those podcasts. Well, um, with that said, we are going to be enjoying a beautiful song. It's, it's brought to us by Simple Hymns. That's the title of the album. And it is entitled, O Fount of Love. So enjoy. O fount of love, divine that flows From my Savior's bleeding side Where sinners trade their filthy rags For His righteousness applied Mercy cleansing every stain Now rushing o'er us like a Ones stand adopted through his blood, through his blood. O mount of grace, to thee we cling. From the law hath set us free once and for all on Calvary's hill. Love and justice shall agree. Praise the Lord, the price is paid. The curse defeated by the Lamb. We who once were slaves by birth, sons and daughters, now we stand. Mind to drink, for my Lord has. 
hymns, O Fount of Love, you are listening to the Looking Up program and we're coming to you live here in, on Wednesday, the 10th of May. Well, Justin, it's been a big time since the last time uh, the Looking Up program mm. was on air. Over the weekend, everybody was eyes glued to televisions here in Australia with the coronation of King Charles. Yeah, very true. Yeah. Very we true, we were time. watching it, didn't we? We were. <laughs> Yep. We were pretty tired. We watched it with some a, family and friends. Yeah, and I had a very early morning Zoom appointment uh, to America, and so I actually went to bed right around nine o'clock, eight fifty, nine o'clock. And you said, "Oh, I'll I'll actually come upstairs too." And and then when you went downstairs, I had missed the main part where, <laughs> where they crowned the king. You'd missed it. But, so. uh, yeah, it was an amazing uh, thing to witness. As my mom said, she just wanted to witness him get his hat. <laughs> <laughs> which is not just any hat, but it's the crown, <laughs> a crown that belongs to every monarch of, of the king or queen of England. And, uh, yeah, it was historical. But as I was uh, reflecting on that, you know, yes, there's a lot of uh, pomp and ceremony in any earthly coronation, but what will it be when the king of kings returns to mm. take us to his eternal home. The Bible talks about Jesus coming back as King of Kings and Lord of Lords. When John sees him in Revelation, he sees him crowned with so many crowns, John can't even count them in Revelation mm. chapter 19. And so that will be something to really, we won't miss that by God's grace. We won't miss him yeah. coming. with. Amen. And it says, him. blessed in James 1 verse 12, blessed is the one who endures temptation or trial. For when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life, which mm. the Lord will give to those who love him. We'll all get a hat. Yeah. By God's <laughs> uh, Jesus will place that hat upon our heads. Amen. <laughs> that crown. Amen. A victor's crown. Uh, well, uh, on that note too, I was just um, looking up some articles for our broadcast this afternoon and and uh, was drawn my attention was drawn to an article on eternitynews.com. Just the headline. Just listen to this, Justin. If God God didn't save the king of kings. You know, we say God mm. saved the king, but he didn't mm. save the king of kings. Mm. Jesus was wounded and bruised. He was crucified for us so mm. that we, by believing in him, can have everlasting life. That is the gospel in a nutshell. And if you want to know more about it, please contact us here at Faith FM. We would love to put you in touch with uh, materials that can help you and with people who would love to be able to help you mm. learn more about the king of kings and how he came to die for us as well. Absolutely. Now he lives for us and he's coming soon. And that's what this program is all about. Zero four triple eight one seven six two four. Well, Justin, I guess in this time of a part of our news broadcast, not news broadcast, but our radio broadcast, we like to talk about the news. That's right. And there's a couple of headlines that even Pastor Danny has uh, wanted us to mention on air. Yes. And some that I think we might have found ourselves. But um, listen to this. Last, I think two weeks ago when you were here, we were talking about how Tucker Carlson had just been fired from Fox News. Remember mm -hmm. that? Yep. Well, just today, I believe he has announced a new show. And I'll just read to you here. Former Fox News host Tucker Carlson announced Tuesday afternoon that he is launching a new show that will be hosted on Twitter. 
Listen to this. Carlson's announcement comes after reports surfaced in recent days that he had spoken with Twitter CEO Elon Musk about working together. And he says this. Carlson made the announcement in a video posted on Twitter where he mentioned that there were not many free speech platforms left in the world. He said, and I quote now, the last big one remaining in the world, the only one is Twitter, where we are now. Carlson said, Twitter has long served as the place where our national conversation incubates and develops. Twitter is not a partisan site. Everybody's allowed here, and we think that's a good thing mm. he goes on and basically talks about how uh, freedom free speech is the main right that you have without it he says you have no others see you soon so mm. i mean we kind of anticipated that tucker carlson would have something to say but uh, would make a return in some program on some space which he is but it's just very interesting here his nod to freedom of speech. It is, and and we're bringing this up not because we support or agree with 100 percent of what Tucker Carlson says necessarily, but what we're saying is, you know, he is the most watched news anchor in all of the West, mm-hmm. or at least the United States by far, and um, it was telling or very interesting that his speech that he gave just before he was fired, he talked about the existence of good and evil. He talked about um, morality, and he. He mentioned a number of things um, that it is interesting if that was one of the major reasons that he was let go, that we see that freedom of speech is under attack. Mm -hmm. And when someone who is as popular in the news as Tucker Carlson points it out, um, and Elon Musk with, you know, acquiring Twitter and firing 80% of the staff and he can still run it with 20%, uh, it it does tell a lot about where we are in the world Mm -hmm. with regards to freedom of speech. And we believe that the Bible teaches very clearly that God is a God of freedom. God is a God who wants us to have free freedom to choose, make decisions. And so freedom of speech is something that's very, very important uh, to to Christian people. Absolutely. And in the United States, um, it is enshrined in the Constitution and protected in the Constitution not far away from freedom of religion. Actually, mm. the same same amendment, basically. Um, so the right to free speech and the right to have uh, freedom to choose to serve and worship God or follow a certain religion or not follow a certain religion. And so because they're so connected and because the final crisis in Earth's history is regards to freedom of religion, mm-hmm. we can see that when freedom of speech starts to go out the window, freedom of religion isn't far away. And so this is a, another reason that this is a yeah something to highlight most definitely. Awesome. Um, well, I've got another one here. Did you have one you want to share? You want me to? No, go jump for it. In? Okay. Yeah. So here is another um, interesting uh, topic. Uh, Australian Prime Minister Angers, and this is one Pastor Danny sent this one through for us. Australian Prime Minister has angered trans advocates for defining a woman as quote adult female. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Well, so, that's a dictionary definition, so you have to be upset with Merriam-Webster Dictionary and yeah, all the other dictionaries. Now, think, it won't be long before those dictionaries are changed at this rate. Yeah, I but. think that might be why he was so confident. Piers Morgan actually asked him, he said, what is a woman? He said, an adult female. Piers said, how difficult was that to answer? He says, not too hard. Mm. And so, uh, mm. anyway, causing controversy there, but... But uh, that's just the kind of crazy world that we live in, as we often are reminded every week, and... Mm. These kinds of things where where definitions are so hard to come by, <laughs> it's just a reminder that this world is not our final home. Yeah. There is a better world coming where things are not going crazy, but God has everything, everything beautiful, and it will be an eternally peaceful, happy home. That's right. That's right. And that is something uh, that we can look forward to with all of our hearts. The crazier this world becomes, 
the more excited we can be and the more we can, as we look around us, we see craziness, we can look up to what God has in store for us in heaven and what he describes that he has in store for us in his word. Amen. Another thing that's taking place, this was posted yesterday on the ABC News. Uh, the title of this article is Victorian Government Offers to Settle Class Action Over Towers' COVID-19 Lockdown for $5 million. Now, we saw a lot of amazing things take place during the COVID, um, what, do you, what did you call it, pandemic. <laughs> and... Uh, Yeah, this is interesting. The Victorian government proposed a $5 million settlement to public housing tower residents in Victoria who were subjected to a contentious COVID-19 lockdown. The class action was launched by residents of nine public housing towers in Flemington and North Melbourne who were locked down during Melbourne's second lockdown in July of 2020. The residents are seeking damages and declarations that the government's actions were unlawful and beyond its powers. Basically, what happened is the residents of these towers were locked up for 14 days and wrongly threatened if they tried to leave the towers. Mm. So um, the $5 million settlement, they say, would be divided amongst the 3,000 people living in the towers at the time. That's nothing. I calculated on my calculator earlier. Basically comes to about you know sixteen hundred dollars wow. <laughs> per person. Nothing. But I guess we are highlighting this again too because Revelation chapter thirteen, which talks about the mark of the beast crisis, and that's kind of like the final crisis mm. of all of all time, which is before us. It talks about the loss of freedoms, mm. and it talks about you know unless you have the mark of the beast, you cannot buy or sell. These are basic. Freedoms, these are basic ways that you dwell in a society, you buy, you sell. So to so when we see things like this taking place, as we saw you know, across the world during the COVID pandemic, we're really seeing the stage being set for those final movements of Bible prophecy. Really, people think the Bible is an ancient book, but it's it is, but it's so relevant to Absolutely. today. It speaks into every space of our lives today. Mm. To, to the health space, to relationships, to if econ- economy, to you name it. The Bible's got something to say about it. That's right. And the and more, yeah, and the longer time goes on, the more relevant it becomes. True. Yeah, incredible. Absolutely incredible. And only a book inspired by an all-knowing, all-loving God could have those qualities. Yeah. You know, go no, ahead. No, 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 you go. <laughs> all right. There's a very interesting um, update, Executive Office of the President. Uh, Office of Management and Budget. So this is from the White House. Um, and there was a, a bill that was attempted um, you know, to be passed that is called H.R. 734, Protection of Women and Girls in Sports Act of 2023. And um, this was put, you know, put together by the Republican Senator of Florida and it has 93 co- co-sponsors. And this would essentially protect, in the United States, women's sports uh, from being flooded by biological males who may identify as women but are biological males and therefore have a physiological advantage of, uh, you know, having gone through puberty and have a musculoskeletal system of a male, Mm -hmm. which would give you advantages, yeah? So the White House basically came out, and I think you have one more thing to share, and so I'm just going to fly through this quick, but basically... The White House said the administration strongly opposes House passage of H.R. 734. They have a little paragraph here saying that, you know, it would be a discrimination against um, against who the 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 
the sports players are, and therefore it would be discrimination, and it's not right. Um, it would be discriminatory. And politicians should not dictate a one-size-fits-all requirement that forces coaches to remove kids from their teams. And uh, end quote. And so, at the end of it, the very last line. Um, well, the paragraph before it says, instead of addressing the pressing issues that families and students face today, such as raising teacher pay, keeping guns out of schools, addressing mental health crisis for our youth, that our youth face, and helping students learn to recover academically from unprecedented disruptions, congressional Republicans have instead chosen to prioritize policies that discriminate against children. Um, That's good. It, it's actually not discrimination. It's actually wise fairness because mm. you're you're actually putting women's sports to rest like it no longer exists like look at women swimming there with the universities these biological males say they identify as female and i do identify as the female female they do and so they join and then they smash the female records but they wouldn't have scored uh, uh, you know well at all in the males uh, range and so you see this and it's absolutely destroying female sports and my heart breaks for these female athletes that have poured their their hearts and their lives into doing the like training and then it's all swept away because of someone who decides they want to be in their range. And so sad that the White House ends with the words, if the president were presented with H.R. 734, he would veto it. Mm. And so sad um, and concerning. Uh, but friends, the Bible, as we're going to see in our Bible study in just a bit, it it's very clear that God created male and female. That's right. Two separate, um, biologically different genders, physiologically, not just the psychological thing. And, um, you know, the devil's not happy with that, and he's trying to get people confused. Mm -hmm. And our hearts go out to people that have gender dysphoria and are genuinely, you know, confused. They feel they're in a, the wrong body. Um, God's heart hurts for them, too. But we serve a God who can, there's nothing too tangled for him to unravel. Mm -hmm. And he can change our minds, the Bible says. He can transform us. And uh, this is a reality that he wants to perform in our lives. Amen. Well, uh, we have time for, I think, one more here. <laughs> and this is uh, the UN Security Council has invited Pope Francis and Al-Hazar Imam for joint speech. In a first, the world's two most prominent religious leaders are expected to deliver a joint speech on peace at the UN Security Council at a time when wars and conflicts are raging across the world. This was, a, this was just yesterday in the news. And basically, they're coming to give a speech on the importance of human fraternity values in promoting and sustaining peace. I'm sure we'll have mm. a lot more. This is all happening in June, mid-June, at the UN's headquarters there. So, yeah, that'll be a space to watch for sure. Yeah. The Bible has some things to say about when they shall say, you know, peace and safety, then sudden destruction comes upon them. Where That's is right. that? Is that in oh. Timothy? We'll come it's back to you with that. <laughs> we'll come back to you with the actual reference on that. But um, after this uh, next song, but certainly that's going to be something mm. that will be playing right into where the Bible says this world will be headed at the end of time. Absolutely. In light of that, we are now going to listen to a beautiful song, "Come Thou Fount" by Chelsea Moon. Then we'll have the news, and we will continue after that. Every blessing 
Everyone, you're listening to a repeat of our live show, Looking Up. That's right, and if you think this is good, you'll definitely want to tune in on Wednesdays at 3.30 to join us for the live event, because you can actually participate. There's a free giveaway that you can claim. You can text in your questions and prayer requests. Live is so much more fun, so catch you then. Faith looks up. You 
are listening to the Looking Up program and during the break, something happened. Shell has returned. <laughs> so Shell is back as our producer and uh, yeah, we were talking about current events as they relate to Bible prophecy. Always exciting. Mm. And uh, I'm looking forward to our Bible study today, a beginning of a three-part series. Uh, we've got Justin here in the studio leading us through climate and the Christian. Before we go any further, I do want to make our listeners aware of the fact that we have a giveaway it's coming up, so I'll just give you one little hint about it now. It's a little booklet entitled A Time for You by Mike Tucker. The only thing God declared holy out of creation was a part of time, the Sabbath. Life, as we cease from labor on one day out of seven, we renew and restore our spirit by the worship of the author of life, our creator. The Sabbath is sacred time that is set apart for a meeting with our Heavenly Father. In order to truly benefit from sacred time, we must put an end to our striving for space. We must cease all labor. We must stop the expenditure of life to acquire things. If life is only labor, we will have wasted it. So that's something that you will want to be in the running for. We will give the code word in the next segment perhaps yes uh, but in the meantime the number to keep handy with you is zero four triple eight one seven six two four. keep that number handy so that you are ready to be one of the runners for today's prize giveaway and on that note we can hand over to you Justin for prayer and our Bible study alright so would you pray for us sure our loving Father in heaven we are so grateful that we have this opportunity to study the Bible together with our listeners we invite the Holy Spirit to speak to our hearts to help us to understand your word, especially as it applies to us today. We love you, Lord, and we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Tammy Ashcraft and her fiancé, Richard Sharp, set out on a job to deliver a yacht from Tahiti to San Diego, California. That was about 6,500 kilometers. So a decent distance, but they were experienced ocean voyagers, and so... Getting this yacht there should have been no problem. However, never would they have dreamed that they would get struck by a Category 4 hurricane along the way. Hurricane Raymond had 50-foot waves. That's almost 17 meters, about 16-meter-high waves, 140-knot winds. And these things put the couple in the middle of a battle for their own survival. The boat capsized. Ashcraft, she um, actually went below deck to try to you know, seek protection in this storm. She was knocked unconscious and woke up hours later to find her fiancé gone. Sadly, uh, he was gone and, and she never saw him again. When the boat righted itself, Ashcraft resolutely decided she was going to ration her supplies and she crafted a makeshift sail and mast and figured out a course to Hawaii, which was a 40-day journey and over 2,000, right around 2,000 kilometers away, 1,500 miles. Amazingly, she successfully sailed all the way to the shores of Hawaii, surviving what felt like this absolute attack of nature. She is uh, not the only one that has been attacked, you could say, by nature, where nature just seems like it is bent on destroying your life. There was a man in 2012, and this happens from time to time, man in 2012 in Washington State who was skiing at a ski resort with some of his friends when he started to feel the rumblings and hear the warning signs of an avalanche. Thankfully, he was snowboarding, I think it was, um, through the trees at the time and was able to hug a tree before the snows came to him. And the snows actually you know, pressed him into the tree. I think he broke some ribs. 
Um, wow. His three friends ended up dying in the avalanche, sadly, but he survived all because he clung to this tree uh, with all that he had in the midst of this avalanche. Absolutely amazing. I mean, who would ever think that uh, tree hugging could save your life? Literally. Right? <laughs> yeah. And in this guy's case, it did. There was another lady, by the way, who survived and she was in the middle of the, she wasn't in the trees, but she was in the middle of the ski run. And as the avalanche came tumbling down her way, um, she had this device on her that I didn't know existed until a few weeks ago when I read this story, a device that's like a balloon. And she pulled the safety knob and the balloon inflated. And in the, the snow that was pushing her along, instead of sinking deeper and deeper into the avalanche snow, she actually, that balloon raised her up to close to the top so she could actually survive. Amazing. Yeah, I didn't know those things exist. No, we should get one. And I've, I don't think I've ever even thought about an avalanche when I've been out snowboarding or skiing no. in the past. But um, wow. There are times where it seems or where nature, like there are not seems, but there are times in reality where nature is about to destroy or out to destroy the lives of humans. But more often than that, humans are actually destroying nature. And um, what does that mean for the Christian? Uh, we're going to have a three-part series today, next week, and the following is our final one. Today's message is called The Christian's Highest Duty. And it's just a foundational message, kind of Bible study, laying the foundation to answer the question, like, what, what should the Christian, what attitude should Christians have toward the climate? Should we say, ah, the earth's all going to burn anyway, let's just litter and kind of like, you know, throw our rubbish out the window while we're driving? Or should we be trying to protect nature and uh, put the right things in the recycling and the right things in the rubbish bin, like, like you were very kind of reminding me of when I first <laughs> moved here, right? Because yeah. it's such strict laws and... It's the right thing to do. That's right. Plus, you can get fined, which I think was the bigger concern. That's right. But, um, yeah, so we're going to answer these questions. Message one today, the Christian's highest duty. Next week, it's called climate craziness. And we're going to look at an Old Testament story where there was a climate crisis. And we're going to look at a lot of news headlines and stories to see, um, what, to try to understand what are some of the potential reasons behind this political push for climate activism, yeah? And then in the third and final message is called the final conflict climate connection. Mm. So the final climate, uh, conflict of Earth's history, Shrissa, you mentioned it earlier, uh, the mark of the beast crisis that yeah. Revelation 13 describes. Right after that, what happens? Jesus comes. Yeah, yeah. After the close of probation, Jesus comes. There's the harvests of the earth and there are two categories, those who are saved, those who are lost. Mm -hmm. The golden grain are saved and the gory grapes symbolize those who will be lost. So, what is the connection to climate? Is there a connection to climate in the final crisis? And so we're going to be looking at that and then ending with the amazing good news when it comes to uh, the climate, which we do have a preview of in the message today, and you might pick up on that. So just before we dive into today's message called, you know, um, the Christian's highest duty, uh, next week, climate craziness. Let me just kind of give you a brief preview of this. Right. This was so interesting to me when I read it. Um, two years ago, this one was published. May 21, actually now it's three years ago. May 21, 2020. And it says this. It's a headline. Um, by the way, this is the Sydney Morning Herald. Okay, so like, 
Yeah, and Sharissa, you want to read that headline for us? All right. It says, Climate change should be recorded on death certificates, doctors argue. And this is published just two years ago, folks. Yeah, actually three, I think, now. because it's yeah, yeah, 2020, May 21, 2020. Yeah. Wow. Doctors are arguing that climate change <laughs> should be recorded on death certificates. Interesting. So cause of death could be listed, climate change. Mm. Wow. Um, fascinating. We're not going to dig into these because that's next week. But uh, look at this next one from The Hill. Sharissa, you want to read this one for us? All right. This one, the title says, Coming Soon, Climate Lockdowns. Mm. Wow. That's from February yeah. last By the way, yeah. we should have given you a trigger warning. We don't want to give anyone like PTSD from COVID lockdowns. <laughs> That's true. Um, <laughs> just kidding. We don't yeah. like that word. But uh, no, we, yeah, like this is actually, and this is a more recent one. This one is just a year ago in 2022. Okay, mm-hmm. so... This is what this news source, The Hill, is saying. And this isn't the only one, but basically, I'll just read you a little snippet of this. It says, um, calls for harsh government measures in the name of saving the environment are already in the parlance of influential organizations and figures. In November 2020 of 2020, the Red Cross proclaimed that climate change is a bigger threat than COVID and should be confronted with, <laughs> quote, the same urgency. Wow. That's a statement. Yeah, no kidding. Because look at what the world did for COVID. Yeah, that's right. Everything shut down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they're saying the Red Cross, this isn't like a political organization. I mean, I'm sure they have political connections, but like they're a medical organization and they're saying it should be treated with the same urgency. Hmm. Um, Bill Gates, we all know that he's always right, recently <laughs> demanded dramatic measures should be taken to prevent climate change, claiming it will be worse than the pandemic. Wow. wow. So the Red Cross said just as urgent. Bill Gates said even worse. And think about it, like being locked in your home um, for climate change, right? Like it seems beyond the scope of possibility, out of the realm of possibility. I'm not sure if it was you or Pastor Danny who was telling us about smart cities. Yeah, Pastor Danny, yeah. Was it? Yeah. Well, Tell you us. can't travel more than 15 minutes because you got to save the environment and not emit uh, not put out emissions. That's right. And they'll have ways of monitoring that and tracking that. And you can get fined financially if you, right. drive if you go outside further. If yeah. you drive for 20 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, wow. Better make sure you live near your favorite places to shop, hey? Cause That's right. you just can't go back. So this is um, a little bit of what we'll talk about next week with climate craziness. We'll dig a little deeper into why um, this is kind of being uh, pushed for. Um, as best as we can understand. So that'll be next week, climate craziness. But today's uh, Bible study is called The Christian's Highest Duty. The Christian's Highest Duty. Uh, just a, a disclaimer. Um, whether you believe that climate change exists due to carbon emissions uh, from human beings or whether you believe that changes that are taking place on planet Earth are natural and not caused by humanity, these three messages in our series will be equally relevant to you. So it doesn't really matter. Even if you don't believe that the Earth's uh, climate is changing at all, if you've come to that conclusion. My grandparents are divided. Really? Yeah. Interesting. I can't remember, but one of them doesn't believe it's real. (laughs) (laughs) And the other one does. Interesting. Interesting. Well, um, there's something for both of them, you're saying. There you go. Both of them would equally enjoy this this series of three Bible studies. Um, And... Whether the environmental changes that we see on planet Earth are, if they exist, because some debate that they do, but if they are caused by humans or not, um, 
I actually have a personal opinion on it, but not going to be sharing my personal opinion. It's not a super strong opinion, but um, certainly have one. But you're not going to hear it from me because it's a Bible study. Amen. Yeah? We're going to be looking what the Bible has to say and connecting right. it into current events and news and what we see. Um, so this is a place uh, where we try to put opinion. Well, we, we like to share opinions on Faith FM too, but uh, they have their place. Maybe if, if there's a place for it, you can ask me once our study is done. But I have a feeling we're not going to care by then what my opinion is on on this, if it's happening or not. But why don't we um, dive into a Bible study together and uh, see what God has to say about the Christian's highest duty. What should we think? What should we say? How should we live when it comes to the climate as Christians? Um, let's, before our next break, let's jump into uh, a some verses in Genesis chapter 1. So Genesis chapter 1, the Bible here is starting. And uh, Shira said, would you read verses 20 or maybe 26? We'll pause for a bit of commentary. And then 27. The Bible says, Then God said, Let us make man in our image, according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. Mm, wow. Okay. So God says, Let us make man in our image, mm -hmm. after our likeness. So here we see that God is a plurality of persons. Yes. He says we are us, one. Our yeah, that's right. But he says we are one. Um, and what's interesting is when it says God said, let us, the word God there is singular. Interesting. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So here we see God says his plan after he creates the world, beautiful waterfalls, pristine rivers and lakes, incredible animals filling the air with beauty and the water and the land. He then decides to make the, the capstone, the the highest, the pinnacle of his creation. And he makes man. And then <laughs> right. he comes to the pinnacle. That's right. <laughs> and that's woman. That's the Eve. The crowning act of creation. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Absolutely. And so verse 27, Sharissi, you want to read it All for right. us? So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him, male and female. He created them. All right. Nice so, and simple. Yeah, that's right. Male and female. He created them. God creates Adam and Eve. And here we see that this came, and as we're going to see after we take a break and listen to a song in a, in a little bit, we're going to see together that this was after God gave Adam a certain work to do that was for him and Eve. And this is a work that's actually handed down all the way to us today as his descendants. Every descendant of Adam and Eve, every human being who has ever lived has had this trust given to them and entrusted to them, in a sense, uh, from God. Oh, our appetite is wet, so we'll just stay tuned. And Gwendol Kimbrough is going to bring to us I'll Not Be Shaken, and then we'll find out what this is. For God alone I wait in silence, my soul is still before the Lord. He is my rock and my salvation, my fortress strong. I'll trust in Him, I'll not be shaken. 
shaken and this is the looking up program it is a beautiful wednesday afternoon here on the 10th of may and we're coming to you live and in our previous sex segment i told everybody that we have a little gift a giveaway for some lucky people i'm not sure if our producer can hear me at the moment but how many of these uh, do we have to give away today shell while supplies last wow another happy day here on faith <laughs> fm so while supplies last is this little book a time for you by mike tucker and it's all about the sabbath the only thing god declared holy out of creation was part of time and it's the sabbath so if you want to find out more about the seventh day sabbath then this little book is something you will be blessed by the code word is LU23 Climate. Very good. So all one word, uh, no emojis, 
LU23 climate. So LU, letters LU, numbers 23 and the word climate. All together, if you text that number to, text that word rather to 04888 text the code word to us there and this will be coming to you. This little book, A Time for You by Mike. Mike Tucker. Again, the number 04-888-17624. The code word is LU23CLIMATE. All right, Justin, tell us what you were about to tell us and you had us all on the edge of our seats in the previous All right, in just a little bit, but would you read the next verse? We just read um, Genesis 1, 26 and 27. God said, let us make man in our image and in our likeness. And then God created man and woman it says in his image um male and female he created them and then what verse 28 then god blessed them and god said to them be fruitful and multiply fill the earth and subdue it have dominion over the fish of the sea over the birds of the air and over every living thing that moves on the earth all right so there you go um it would have been amazing to be there in the garden of eden I mean, think about it. Adam and Eve would have had unbroken communion with God, with each other, and with the animals. I don't know if you've ever heard of um, the guy named Cesar Milan, Cesar Milan. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I haven't heard of him. Okay, he had a TV show um, in the States. I don't remember what it was even called, but uh, I remember seeing clips of it online. He's called the Dog Whisperer. And this guy would walk up to people and, you know, people who have issues with their dogs who are being disobedient or biting people or whatever, they would come to him or if they were aggressive or whatever. He would just have this amazing ability to command the respect of the dog instantly. And within a little bit of time, he had totally solved the issue and taught the person how to maintain, you know, help for their dog. Amazing. Called the dog whisperer. It's like the super nanny. Yeah, pretty much. The super nanny for dogs, pretty much. And uh, recently I learned of a, a lady in Canada who calls herself the cat whisperer. Okay. And um, evidently she has the same ability with cats. Although, man, I don't know. Can cats even really be tamed? I'm not sure. I don't know much. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I've had, some really, had I've had some really good pet cats growing up. Um, you know, they, they're great, especially when they're like dogs. But um, anyways, so sorry for all the cat lovers out there. But uh, You just lost half of our listeners. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, um, so this lady calls herself the cat whisperer. You got the dog whisperer, the cat whisperer. You've got different animals like horse trainers that are just so good. It's almost like they speak the language of the animal. Well, this would have been, Adam and Eve would have been like that, but on steroids, so to speak. You know, like to an extreme degree, I'm sure they could communicate and there was understanding between them Mm. animals didn't talk that's why the serpent stood out right Mm -hmm. um but yes uh this is something that would have been the case in the garden of eden now i said that something god gave to adam and thereby eve as well but it was before eve was created uh he he gave to all of us and that's in genesis 2 verse 15 Genesis 2, verse 15, and uh, Shepard, would you read that one for us, please? Then the Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to tend and keep it. All right. So God put Adam and Eve in the garden to do what and what? To tend and keep it. Yeah. Or cultivate it. That's right. So the word tend means to work the garden, Yeah, to, to take care of it and to cultivate and develop it. And the word keep actually means to guard or protect. Very interesting. And so 
the command that God gave to Adam, and this is before sin, so it's like, hmm, what would he be really protecting it from? I'm not fully sure. But what's fascinating is this command that God gave to Adam and Eve to tend and to keep the garden, to cultivate it and develop it, and then to protect it and guard it, this is something that comes down to his descendants and her descendants all down through time. All the followers of God have, and everyone, all of humanity really, we have this instruction from God to guard and protect the things of nature. Now, sometimes the things of nature get a little bit out of control, right? Like where, let's say there's a... There's a rat, there's a mice plague, a mouse plague, you know, out east, you know, a number of years ago. And it's like, it's not wrong to, to put an end to the lives of creatures that are, that are putting uh, extreme stress on a certain system or killing other creatures or, you know what I mean? You follow. Like, for example, one time, um, there was a family that was new, you know, they were new Christians who, uh, at my first church that I was at as a youth and young adult pastor in Fresno. And I remember walking, into their house, and they had like four kids. The youngest one was like two years old, so she was toddling around, and the eldest one was thirteen at the time. And I remember right at the entrance, there was a big black widow spider, and Shell knows like black widows are like red backs, <laughs> except instead of it, the red spot being on the back, it's on their belly. It's kind of weird. It's like different hemisphere, northern, southern, top of the belly, you know, top of the back, <laughs> underbelly. Not sure how that all works. But anyways, I think they're about as poisonous as each other, if uh, memory serves me right. I saw this black widow and thought, whoa, this is as bad. So I crushed it. I just like stomped on it. It was in the corner and I crushed it. And I had rung the doorbell before I had, you know, crushed it. Just as I was crushing it, one of the kids answered the door. I think he was about 10 years old, Jeremy. And he looks and he goes, oh. Mom, Dad, Pastor Justin killed the spider. <laughs> and I was like, Thou shalt not yeah, kill. <laughs> right, exactly. That's what they were struggling with. The Bible says thou shalt not kill. They didn't know that that word kill is ratzach, which isn't just to kill things that can harm you. It actually means murder. Yeah, so it's not wrong to harm. And so they told me, oh, we weren't sure if we could kill it or not. Um, and I said, well, you've got a little girl. It could actually kill your daughter. Of course, it's better to, to kill it or move it. Um, I didn't bother moving it. <laughs> but anyways, maybe I should have. But, uh, you know, it's better to protect your child than to leave your child in danger. So we're not going to an extreme here and saying, you know, if termites eat out your house and it's like falling apart that you don't know how they're starting to, you have no right to kill the termites. Um, we, yeah, we don't take that that perspective as Bible-believing Christians. It's an extreme that we personally avoid for people who choose to believe that. We have no, you know, disrespect for them in that. You know, God bless them. Um, but it's impractical in the world that we live in, where sin and and issues caused by critters and creatures is a reality. Yeah, but God said that He gave us the planet to tend and to keep it, to guard it, to protect it, and uh, to care for it. So not to just exploit it, but to look after it. Then what eventually happened, Sharissa, in the Garden of Eden? Well, Adam and Eve, well, Eve took eight of the fruit that she wasn't supposed to touch or eat. Yeah, and or. then Adam decided he'd rather, you know, risk and risk death and uh, being lost eternally and being with Eve, right, than to be without her. And so he ate the fruit as well. And, and they were sent out of the garden. Yeah. Away from the tree of life. That's right. How long were they in the garden before before this happened, you think? We don't know. But they didn't have kids at that time. Ah, very good point. Yeah. So 
Jesus, I mean, God did say we saw in verse 28 of chapter 1, like, be fruitful and multiply. So, I mean, they probably would have not waited a long time to have a child, right? Probably not. Yeah, maybe. They wouldn't have known a lot about the uh, timings of things. So we're not fully sure, but it's, it's, you know, pretty easy to say that it would have happened. It would have been relatively soon after they were created, right? Yeah. Yeah, good point. Very, very good point. So the Bible says that when they sinned and ate of the tree that, you know, the fruit of the tree that God said not to, um, something happened. God pronounced a curse upon the serpent. He gave the first messianic promise. That's the first promise that there was going to be a Messiah, a savior of the world who would come and uh, then and deal a deadly blow to the devil. Uh, And then he pronounces a curse and he speaks, God speaks to the woman and then to Adam last of all. And in what he says to Adam, he says this in Genesis 17, second half of verse 17 and 18. Sure, you want to read this for us. Bible says, Cursed is the ground for your sake. In toil you shall eat of it all the days of your life. Both thorns and thistles it shall bring forth for you, and you shall eat the herb of the field. Mm, wow. So sin brought on earth's first climate change. <laughs> true. Ah, the climate was changing, the ground. Yeah? Very true, love. Yeah, so it would have changed. And also, um, there would have been the perfect climate before. Mm -hmm. Uh, When sin came in, it probably would have affected the temperature, you know, to where there was cold. That's right. So before sin came in, it was like Fiji. (laughs) Without the cyclones, yes. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, no, a paradise temperature, except without the humidity and heat in the summer. Just pleasant all around. That's right. Think of the most comfortable, beautiful day you've ever experienced weather-wise, and it would have been like that mm-hmm. all the time. Maybe little variations. But the Bible says here that um, that God said, cursed is the ground. But did God do it like as a punishment for man? Only? No. Like fully? No. What does it say? Uh, it's, you shall eat the herb of the field. Yeah, that's right. But before that even, it says, cursed is the ground. What? For your sake. Yeah. So it was actually for Adam and Eve's sake that God cursed the ground. Hmm. So he says then, in toil you shall eat of it all the days of your life. So Adam and Eve couldn't just like spit a seed out from a, you know, a fruit and then there was a, a beautiful plant there the next week and they didn't have to cultivate anything. Now they were going to have to work. There were thorns and thistles in the ground. They, they had to actually... Um, prepare the soil, get rocks out of the soil, no doubt, work harder than they would have otherwise. And God said it was for their sake. Hmm. What are some of the benefits? Health. Of work. Okay, yeah. yeah. Exercise. Yeah, health and exercise. Very true. Very true. Have you ever noticed that when people, like, no, I shouldn't say people, when when we have nothing to do, that we tend to get into trouble? Yeah. Yeah. So work would actually be a good thing to prevent future you know offspring of adam and eve who would choose to be wicked from just having all of the time in the world to ruin other people's lives Mm -hmm. so god was actually working a blessing but it was the first step uh, of climate change and so this was the first time that the climate on earth's history changed there was another time and um, we see that that took place um In Genesis chapter 6, and we see that there was exploitation of the environment that began taking place for people's selfish gain. People would start to exploit the environment and then exploit each other for selfishness and for selfish gain. Um, There was actually a news article that we missed fitting in. Mm -hmm. 
that were that I thought might fit somewhere around here, but I'll keep going and you chuck it in where you think it fits. Okay, huh? all right, all right. Just jump in and I've start sharing it. Ready to go. The news time was too short. We didn't get to <laughs> we didn't get to share enough. Um, so before we get to Earth's second climate change, do you uh-huh. want to? This is Do you the want moment? to bring that up? This is the moment. I can't remember. You mentioned two news stories that you wanted oh, to share. I can't remember which one it I is. I remember but... one. <laughs> All right. So. <laughs> oh, oh, is it about... Uh... The earthquake? Okay, yeah. Is this the right Just go time? ahead and tell them. <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks. Just because I have this moment. <laughs> uh, this is an interesting thing. United Nations uh, news, news story here. Almost $15 billion is needed for earthquake recovery in Syria. It's um, remember the earthquake mm. that was just so devastating. Well, in order to rebuild and recover from that 7.8 magnitude earthquake that struck uh, Turkey and the Syria border there on the 6th of February, they still need how much did I say? 15 billion dollars mm. to help rebuild, and this has affected uh, 4.1 million people. We'll enjoy this song and be back right after. Holes in my heart, scars on my soul. Nights I fell apart, and days I lost control on the inside. Waiting for the storm to subside. Somehow scraping by, climbing every hill. Too stubborn not to try. The will to wander When I hear the steel beyond the thunder With one pot moxie, another pot metal I found mercy, refusing to settle for a hiding place In sacrifice and second guessing Finding strength in every blessing Through all the tears and fears I had to face supplied the grit, God supplied the grace. Claw, tooth, and nail, through heartache and hell, pray to prevail, and one day live to tell another story. One that had a happy ending for me. With my pride, learned how to trust With mercy as my God, all the doubts they turn to dust In the chapter of who I grew to be ever after With one pot moxie, another pot metal I found mercy, refusing to settle for a hiding place Sacrifice and second guessing Finding strength in every blessing Through all the tears and fears I had to face I supplied the grit God supplied the grace See, another part metal, I found mercy, 
here refusing to settle for a hiding place. In sacrificing, second guessing, finding strength in every blessing through all the tears and fears I had to face. I supplied the grit, God supplied the grace. Oh, I supplied the grit, God supplied the grace. And that was a really good song. Mm, love that. <laughs> um, grit and Grace. Can't remember who brought it to us, but I really love that song. Well, you're listening live to the Looking Up program. It's Wednesday, the 10th of May, and we have heard from uh, some of our listeners here. Good to have you listening, David. We yes. got your text message here, yes. and uh, may God bless you as you continue joining us all the way from Perth, yep. <laughs> Western Australia. Welcome. So glad you can tune in. Absolutely, and also another plug for the free offer that is giving we're giving away to. Everyone, while stocks last, a time for you, a little book by Mike Tucker. If you're interested in uh, the Sabbath as a sacred time and set apart for a meeting with our Heavenly Father, if you want to know how you can benefit and how you can make it special and keep the Sabbath and find out why it should matter to you, this is a little book that you will really be blessed by. In order to receive your free copy, simply text today's code word LU23CLIMATE. That's L-U, the letters L-U, the numbers 2-3, the word climate, L-U, 23 climate. Text that code word to this number, 0488-17624. And we'll make sure that this book comes to you. Excellent. Can I get a copy? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, someone out there, call in, text in rather, and... <laughs> Get my copy. <laughs> that's right. That's right. LU23 Climate 04881764. That's right. So we uh, we are partway through our study of the Bible, part one of a three-part series called Climate and the Christian. And um, this one is just basic introductory. It's called The Christian's Highest Duty. And we're getting there. We're getting there. <laughs> so we're talking about the climate so far. Uh, when it comes to Earth's history, we saw the Garden of Eden was created by God uh, to be a beautiful place, uh, to be perfect. And because Adam and Eve chose to sin and disobey God, earth was plunged into a change. And there were climate changes that came along with that. Um, we saw the first climate change was when they sinned and thorns and thistles uh, covered the ground. And so it affected the animals, started eating each other. Um, yeah, Adam and Eve didn't eat animals because God had given them, them you know, the fruit of the trees and the grains and the... You know, now he gave the vegetables. Interestingly enough, the Bible does say uh, that after sin, uh, that, that uh, you know, vegetables were introduced into Adam and Eve's diet. Um, yeah, in verse 18, it says, and you shall eat the herb of the field. Mm -hmm. So before this, the herb of the field was not something. It was herbs bearing seed. Yeah. What's the difference? Herb of the field. Oh. The herb of the field. Oh, herb. <laughs> Sorry, we're in Australia. Herb, the herb of the field. <laughs> feels so unnatural when it just rolls off my lips. But the, you know, herb is like a guy's name. Oh, it's short yeah, for Herbert. Yeah, we did yeah. have Herb Larson on the program. The yeah, that's, that's. Danny said he was his new favorite herb. Oh, really? <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, so 
we have Herb, and anytime you say Herb, it's a guy's name. So the Herb of the fields. There was a Herb in the field, and there were Herbs with you know yielding, yielding seeds. But the Bible here uses a different word than the original diet that God gave Adam and Eve okay. uh, in Genesis 1.29. In this one, it's actually the Herb of the field, which is vegetables. Really? Why did vegetables get introduced into the human diet after Adam and Eve sinned? Because they were good for you. <laughs> it's like one of those answers that doesn't answer the question. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, the herbs and fruits that were given Adam and Eve were good for them before sin. That's true. Yeah, so what was the difference here? Well, I overheard the answer to this ah, when you were telling someone on the okay. weekend. So, What was it? Because um, when you eat a vegetable, they die. That's right. The plant dies. Yeah, that's right. Vegetables Unless die when pumpkin. you eat the plant. That has seeds, so that's a fruit oh, technically. It's okay. in a different category. So you think of lettuce, you think of cauliflower, like these, well, maybe not cauliflower, but you think of these vegetables, if you, if you eat it, it has to die. That's a vegetable. So God didn't give them vegetables to eat until so after sad. sin because there was no death. That's so sad. But we're not saying not to eat your vegetables. Like, kids, if you're listening, don't tell your parents the next time they tell you to eat your veggies that it's a result of sin and you don't need to eat it. Because God told Adam to eat it because the nutrients were needed from these, you know, vegetables. So we need our veggies. Um, but it is interesting that I have never met a person who doesn't like fruit. And I have met lots of people that hate vegetables. Mm. Yeah? That's a good point. wasn't originally designed for us to eat them but fruit like everybody loves fruit i mean maybe there's somebody out there who doesn't like fruit but uh and there are certain types of fruit people may not like um but very very interesting so why am i bringing this up we were talking about the changes after mm. the climate changes after you know adam mm. and eve sinned what did adam and eve eat after you know after they sinned they ate vegetables they ate fruits they ate grains Nuts, seeds, legumes, all of these things, yeah? A plant-based mm -hmm. diet. Um, why didn't they eat animals? Tell me. <laughs> well, the Bible says that men started eating animals in Genesis 6, yeah? yeah and God right. gave them, you know, permission to eat the animals. because they didn't have animals. any vegetables? Well, yeah, that's right. There was nothing else to eat when they came off the ark. It had been destroyed by the flood. Exactly. Things hadn't grown back yet. And so that's why God told Adam and Eve, or sorry, Noah, to put enough animals, like seven of every clean pair of animals and two of every unclean, because otherwise there would be nothing to eat. But the clean animals, there were enough of them that they didn't just need to multiply and uh, duplicate, uh, but they actually needed to be eaten uh, for them to survive. So... Anyhow, just uh, thought I'd throw that out there. But um, in heaven, there's not going to be any death. So you're saying there's no vegetables in heaven? Not going to be any vegetables. That's right. What? Nor, nor are we going to eat the animals. Uh, we're not going to eat vegetables in heaven. <laughs> well, I'm sure there are going to be things this like our upsetting. favorite vegetables, is... but even better. Okay. Right? Yeah. So don't worry. I'm sure there's something like your favorite veggies, which I know. Number one, potatoes. Yep. Because you can have chips from them. <laughs> Number two. Eggplant. Eggplant. That's right. Yep. Yeah. 
Anyhow, so vegetables um, in heaven no longer. We won't be eating animals in heaven either um, because there's no death. Mm, and no, so no, that makes sense. And we wouldn't even want to think about it because the fruit that's there is going to be amazing. Like the foods the, that we're going to have are going to be out of this world. Amen. Uh, <laughs> out of this world, what literally. A dad, that was a dad joke <laughs> live on Faith FM. <laughs> I am a dad now. So <laughs> I've been preparing for those jokes for years. That's why you married me. You loved my dad jokes. Okay. (laughs) So, second climate change in Earth's history. Genesis 6 verse 5 tells us why God created the the second climate change. Sharissa, you want to read Genesis 6 5 for us? Then the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil on Tuesdays. (laughs) <laughs> so continually, continually. Only just evil continually. That's, That's right. right. The Bible never uses the word I was just Tuesday. checking if our listeners would listen. Uh, well, I hope they had a wake-up call. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> so the Bible says that God saw that the thoughts, every thought of the, the intents of men's hearts were only evil continually. Wow, this is an emphatic statement. Mm. What else? Genesis 6.11. The earth was cor- also corrupt before God, and the earth was filled with violence. Wow. Okay, so the Bible says the earth was a mess. Just like today. Well, worse. Yeah, worse than today. Really? Yeah, worse than today. Because how many people got on the ark and decided to, to do things God's way? Eight. Yeah, Noah, his three sons, their wa- their daughter, their wives, and uh, his wife. So that's eight. Mm-hmm. That is not many people. And when they got on the ark, the waters, not straight away, the Bible says there were seven days of kind of like a testing after the door was closed, where people were mocking them, and they must have been wondering, you know, Adam and, I mean, uh, Noah and his family must have been wondering, you know, what's, what exactly is going to be happening? We believe God's going to send these floods, but... Seven days is a long time to be waiting, right? Yeah. Um, and by the way, the last appeal that God gave to humanity, all of those outside the ark, would have been through the animals. Mm-hmm. Animals made the lo- like the loudest appeal because they were obedient to God. God commanded them and guided them all into the ark, and that would have been incredibly unusual. But planet Earth had never seen rain before, and they thought it's impossible. It could never happen. Um, the Bible says in Genesis that, that uh, a water came up, a mist came up from the ground and watered the plants of the Garden of Eden. And so there was a built-in watering system in planet Earth. And the Bible says that um, during the flood, it was not just rains coming down, but it was water coming up as well. Wow. It says in Genesis. It would have been a very epic Yeah, flood. It, definitely. In fact, the Greek word for it is kataklismos. From which Cataclysmic. We get, yeah, that's right. And uh, would you read verse 11 for us? I'm oh, sorry, chapter 7, Genesis seven eleven. So this gives us a brief insight into how it wasn't just water from above, but water from beneath. All right. In the 600th year of Noah's life, in the second month, the 17th day of the month, on that day all the fountains of the great deep were broken up and the windows of heaven were opened. Mm. There you go. So when the flood waters began, the fountains of the deep were broken up. Before there was magma under Earth's surface and oil and coal fields, it was water. And the Bible says uh, that these fountains broke up and waters came up. Volcanoes would have been going off, creating ash clouds in the atmosphere, which would have caused global cooling in some areas, which would have caused freezing and glaciers. And Complete upheaval. Absolutely, it was. And quite some months later, the Bible says... 
um, quite some months later, I'm thinking it was like a little over a year, if memory serves me right, um, the Bible says that the waters eventually subsided. And praise God, he preserved Noah and his sons and their wives and Noah's wife as well in that flood. And God gave them a sign in the sky after that. What was it, Sharissa? Rainbow. Yeah. And what did the rainbow symbolize? It was God's promise that he would never flood the earth like he did that time ever again. Mm, yes, that's right. That's right. And then in Genesis 9, verse 1, the Bible says that um, after God made a, a covenant with Noah and Noah built an altar there to the Lord, um, what does it say happened in, oh, look at verse 22 actually, the last verse of chapter 8. While the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, winter and summer, and day and night shall not cease. Mm, so God makes this promise. And he says, seed time and harvest, cold and heat. He says, all of these things will continue. Um, by the way, earth's, earth's um, you know how we're on a tilt? And that's what causes the seasons? Like, yeah. it's, it's very... Uh, it would make perfect sense that this flood was so huge that it actually shifted the, shifted axis? the axis of the earth. Wow. Because before this, there's no mention of seasons, hmm. different seasons. But now it says winter and summer, so seed change. time and harvest. Yeah, this was a massive climate change. Not only that, but look at the planet now. We are covered two-thirds in water. Mm -hmm. And this water before, the vast majority of it would have been under the crust of the earth. And so we see that there was this major difference in planet Earth. And this was a, a massive climate change that uh, would have taken place. Well, this is exciting stuff, Justin, what you're telling us. I'm sure some of our listeners, it might be new to think of the flood as, as part of this climate change history. But uh, we've heard from two listeners. I just want to make mention. We were talking about herbs and herb. <laughs> and you said herb was the name in America. <laughs> And uh, our listener David here says, my pop was William Herbert Newman, ah, okay. a.k.a. Bert. Can't believe he's been asleep in death since the 19th of September 1991, just after his 90th birthday. My third child was born um, just before his birthday also, mm. 15th of August 1991. And this is from Maggie. She says, hi, guys. I just thought of something regarding fruit and veggie, veggies. Veggies coming after the fall. Ah, Fruit, true. prior to sin, it was a nice tasting food, like life was nice tasting with no sin. After mm. sin, which which sent pleasant, isn't pleasant which tasting. isn't pleasant tasting, veggies came into our diet, part of the food we should eat for health, but not as nice at tasting as fruit. Mm. Get what I'm trying to get yeah, at? Good thought there, point. Maggie. Appreciate you joining in this uh, Bible study today. Yeah, that's a great thought. I had never thought of that, but that's a great point. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely a great point. Going to make us all appreciate our vegetables a yeah. little more. <laughs> well, we are, uh, I don't know how much you want to share. Oh, we're just, yeah. Now's a good break time for okay. the song we're going to listen to in just a moment. But basically the bottom line is God never designed for earth to be a difficult place to live. That was not his original design. He desired it to be a beautiful, comfortable, happy, healthy, enjoyable place for everyone to live. It's not that way now, but God promises that he will make all things new, which all we're going to right, talk about later. Right. Well, don't go away. Stay and enjoy this beautiful song. Gethsemane, after which we have the news and we will wrap up our Bible study after that.
one day they can live with us forever Them and me and you everyone you're listening to a repeat of our live show looking up that's right and if you think this is good you'll definitely want to tune in on wednesdays at 3 30 to join us for the live event because you can actually participate there's a free giveaway that you can claim you can text in your questions and prayer requests live is so much more fun so catch you then faith looks up sorry looks back worry looks around Back here with the Looking Up program. It's gone quickly for us today mm. here on air. It always does. But, uh, Justin, just before you uh, wrap up our Bible study in this final segment, um, 
we want to make our listeners remind them that uh, we have a giveaway today, a little book entitled The Time for You by Mike Tucker. To obtain your free copy while stocks last, simply text today's code word to our number 0488817624. The code word again is LU23CLIMATE. LU23CLIMATE and the number to text it to is 0488817624. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking about climate change, I was just thinking about that last news story that they've discovered new species of sharks. Oh, shark eggs. Oh, shark eggs. Yeah. But a new species. They think it's a new species, yeah. Oh, man. All the surfers out there. I'm not one of you, but yeah, life is just, this world's getting crazier and crazier. Climate change, development of new species. All right, so we're going to wrap up our, our Bible study. What is the Christian's highest duty? What is our greatest responsibility? And do we have a responsibility when it comes to climate care? We saw that God gave Adam the charge to tend and keep the garden. Um, and uh, so, yeah, there you go. That was, that was uh, one thing that has been passed down to us as descendants of Adam and Eve. Now, what's God's desire for us today? We're going to look at three points on this and head to a finish. Um, first of all, they all start with the letter C, so hopefully we can remember them, yeah? Mm-hmm. The first one, God desires us to care, care for it. it. Yeah, God wants us to care for the climate. Did you know, Revelation 11, verse 18, what it says about Jesus' return? The Bible says here, The nations were angry, and your wrath has come, and the time of the dead, that they should be judged, and that you should reward your servants, the prophets, and the saints, and those who fear your name, small and great, and should destroy those who destroy the earth. Oh, that last part, Jesus at his return will destroy those who destroy the earth. Wow. So it matters to him. It's relevant to him, the Bible says. So God wants us to have an eye to look out for our planet and to care for it. Um, I'll just throw in, God also wants us to be careful in not joining up with groups and organizations that may have a, an apparent care for the planet, but actually have more political concerns than they do concerns for planet earth and so we do need to be careful what kinds of you know uh, groups we get aligned with because we don't always know what they're really about or where they're heading and so we do need to be careful as christians um, but god does want us to care for our planet just a quick funny story um there was a uh kind of a rally we thought it was actually a, a kind of a covid rally a few years ago um in the park across from our church and so we went over there with water bottles and, you know, Bible-based uh, tracks for people to take if they would like and, you know, some video series to the end.digital that uh, people could scan and watch and uh, made some friends with some of the people. And we found out that it was actually an independent political, like the political party, the independents. Mm-hmm. It was actually a political um, kind of gathering. But you had people from all different places in the city, all different uh, organizations that were there. And so we were there and one of the um, one of the ladies from our church and her son said, uh, um, hey, do you think, or they're going to be going for a walk down Beaumont Street. We're going to go with them. And I said, okay. And so uh, <laughs> Tari and Dante came back about 20 minutes later and, and she looked horrified and she said, oh, she said, we, we were marching and then we were walking and then all of a sudden... They pulled out these signs, and all of a sudden, they started chanting, No mo scomo, no mo scomo. And she said, my son, Dante, he turned to me and said, 
isn't uh, don't we pray for him? <laughs> she said, "Yes, we do." Because of course the Bible says to pray for our rulers and leaders and he was prime minister at the time. And she says, "So we just kind of made our way to the back and tried to be uh, disconnected a little bit from the group but it's easy and this is a lighthearted story of course no no major issue but you know like it's it's easy to get involved with groups and not fully realize where they are heading and so we need to be very careful but god wants us to care for the planet secondly god wants us to create with it how do we create with the earth sharissa how do we create with we garden we yeah. grow things. Gardening, we can grow things, we can crossbreed different fruits, and yeah, we can create with it. And we're going to talk in our third message uh, at the end of this series more about gardening and its significance in uh, final events. <clears throat> Excuse me. Last of all, so God wants us to care for it. Second of all, to create with it. And third of all, he wants us to commune with him through nature. Yeah, he wants to commune with us. That one. Commune with him through it. Now, um, this does not mean you walk up to a flower and start talking to the flower, <laughs> but it does mean that that um, you can draw closer to God through the nature that He has created. There are object lessons for us in nature that can teach us beautiful spiritual truths that God can teach us. Can you think of anyone, Sharissa, that in in the Bible, um, you know, spent a lot of time in nature and drew closer to God thereby? Jesus went out into nature quite yeah, a bit, didn't he? he did. To pray and drew, withdrew to a mountainside to pray. Yeah, very true. Yeah. Elijah. Elijah. Elijah spent uh, time at the Brook Cherith and out in nature as well. Yeah. David. Yeah. David. Many Psalms. The that, Lord is my shepherd. That's right. Moses. Moses was out. The burning uh, bush. Yep, the burning bush. And before that, he was a shepherd for those 40 years. True. Uh, and then John the Baptist, before Jesus, he he spent uh, his life growing up there in the wilderness. And so we see that um, this is a great blessing. Um, a few quotes from two beautiful books, one called The Desire of Ages, another one called Steps to Christ. And um, Desire of Ages, page 360, says, uh, talking about the time where it says um, there in the Gospels uh, that Jesus' disciples, I think it's in Matthew 11, it was right after John the Baptist was beheaded, he learned that his cousin John was killed. He said, come away to a deserted place by ourselves and let's rest a while. And so Jesus brought them out. And about this, it says, the disciples needed to come apart from the scenes of their busy activity to commune with Christ, with nature, and with their own hearts. Hmm. So we need time to commune with Christ, to be out in nature, away from the busyness and the rush of this life, and to commune with our own hearts. What does that mean? What does communing with our own hearts mean, you think? Becoming acquainted with what makes us tick. Yeah, definitely. Reflecting. Like our motives. Our, yeah. yeah, that's right. Praying and reflecting and asking God to teach us about ourselves so that we can learn and grow. Absolutely. Um, Steps to Christ now, page 10. It says, nature and revelation alike testify of God's love. Revelation meaning, you know, the Bible. Our Father in Heaven is the source of life, of wisdom, and of joy. And then skipping ahead, it says this, God is love is written upon every opening bud and upon every spire of springing grass. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's beautiful, isn't that? Like nature can teach us about God and God's love is written in objects, even though it's marred by sin to a degree and things eat each other and there are parasites on animals and we see some sorrow and suffering there. Um, still, God desires to teach us things through nature uh, about Him because much of it is still reflective of His character. Mm. 
So that is the third C that uh, we should follow. Now, third and final uh, section of our message today of our Bible study, and uh, we're going to be looking together um, at something. Sharissa, could you read Romans 8, verse 22 for us? Over these next few verses, we're going to see what the Bible says about the decline and the final future of planet Earth. All right. Bible says, Romans eight twenty two. For we know that the whole creation groans and labors with birth pangs together until now. Mm, wow. And I wish we could read the longer passage and, and walk through it together. But uh, someone miscalculated how much time we had today. And it that wasn't Sharissa. was you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. And so anyhow, Isaiah 51, verse 6. Lift up your eyes to the heavens and look on the earth beneath. For the heavens will vanish away like smoke, and the earth will grow old like a garment, and those who dwell in it will die in like manner. Mm. Wow. So it says the earth will grow old like a garment. Mm -hmm. Now that sounds like a pretty depressing verse, but it goes on and it says, But God says, My salvation will be forever, and my righteousness will not be abolished. Wow. So he says this world, this earth, it's getting old, it's passing away, but my righteousness will not be abolished. My salvation is not going to pass away. It'll last forever. So this verse tells us that the earth is growing old like a garment, like clothes. You know, Shabbos, you know, I have some favorite clothes that have holes in them, but I just love them. They're so comfortable. I've had them for so long. And you're like, just throw them away. And I'm like, but I like it. Like, it's, it's my favorite. It's the best one, right? <laughs> the Bible says that, um, that the earth is growing old like a garment. And the beautiful reality is that God has amazing plans for it. We're going to get there. At Jesus' return, the Bible says in 2 Peter 3, verse 10, Sharissa, would you read this for us? But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in which the heavens will pass away with a great noise, and the elements will melt with fervent heat. Both the earth and the works that are in it will be burned up. Mm, wow. So when Jesus comes, the elements will melt with fervent heat. And then it says in verses 11 and 12, Therefore, since all these things will be dissolved, what manner of persons ought you to be in holy conduct and godliness, looking for and hastening the coming of the day of God, because of which the heavens will be dissolved, being on fire, and the elements will melt with fervent heat? Mm. That's an appeal (laughs) that God makes through Peter there. Uh, The Holy Spirit writing through him says, So if you know that the earth is going to be burned up, everything on this planet is going to burn or melt and be dissolved. Wow. But God's people, those who love him and serve him, Jesus will airlift them up off planet Earth and uh, they will be taken to heaven. The earth will be melted, as it were. And then it says this in verse 13, 2 Peter 3, 13. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. That's the kicker, Sharissa. That's it. The new earth. Yes, this earth is getting old. It's like a garment growing old. Yes, it's going to pass away. Yes, things are falling apart. But God promises that he will remake it. And when God remakes planet earth, he's going to make it. And it's going to be like it would have been if Adam and Eve hadn't chosen to sin. Wow. And that is going to last not for just a time, but for all of eternity. Earth 2.0. Yeah, that's right. Earth (laughs) 2.0. You know, sometimes you see people kind of marching and they're in climate demonstrations and such. And I saw a sign recently that had a a drawing of of planet Earth. And you see these sometimes. And it says, there is no planet B. Mm. But for the Christian, the reality is there will be 
a planet B. God will will recreate planet Earth, and it's going to be incredible. In fact, it's going to be planet A. It's going to be better than the original Earth, as hard as that is for us to imagine. And so as we bring this to a close, the highest duty of every Christian is not to reduce their carbon footprint on this Earth, but it's to help put more feet and footprints on the new Earth that God is going to create. It's the reality of realizing that this world is not all there is, but that God has a new earth in store. And our lives should be all about increasing the population of heaven one person at a time. Our greatest reason for existence is to lead people to Christ for transformation and repentance and transformation in this life and to prepare them for an eternity in the life to come on the perfect planet that is to come. So caring for our God-given planet, it's important. But preparing people for the planet that's to come in a sinless and perfect universe is infinitely more important. Amen. Well, this has been such an exciting way for us to finish our, our Bible study today, to look forward to that earth made new where there will be no more harmful effects caused by climate mm. change, but a world that God is preparing for all of us. All we have to do to be a part of it is accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior. So we are going to come back with um, some more final thoughts. This is the <laughs> final segment, but the final thoughts yes. on our Bible study are still yet to be heard ahead of us and in the meantime what can you say but just praise god for all that he has done and all that he will do Mm -hmm. so this is an appropriate song now by tvac all praise to thee
is TVAC, Tweed Valley Adventist College, bringing to us all praise to the beautiful. Well, yes. Justin, thank you so much for leading us in this Bible study today. I think it's been really exciting to see what the Bible says about climate change. Ah, uh, my privilege. And look, this is just laying the groundwork, kind of the biblical foundation and answering basic questions. But next week and the following week, I'm really looking forward to those ones especially. Well, what would you like to say as you uh, wrap up today's program? I guess um, just in summary again, God created a perfect planet. And you might be going through something in your life and, and thinking, why would God be allowing this? Why doesn't he put an end to it? And friends, the good news is God never intended pain and suffering to exist. And he's going to put an end to it. Jesus' death on the cross guaranteed the final destruction of sin and pain and suffering and disease and brokenness and death. And the beautiful news of the gospel is that the gift of eternal life that God has granted us is not eternal life in a world like this. Because if it was, a lot of people wouldn't actually want to live <laughs> eternally in a world like this full of pain and misery and, and brokenness. But it's actually the good news that couldn't be any better, that God is going to recreate planet Earth, that it's going to be a perfect, sinless place. And it'll actually be the throne room or the, the throne the location of the throne of God and the center of the universe. And think about that. The one world that rebelled against God and that had darkness and sin as a part of it in the universe will be the very place where God has his throne. And those wow. from that planet who who he saved um, and who are surrounding the throne, praising him. Absolutely amazing. An amazing demonstration of God's grace, of his goodness, and of his power. And so, yeah, we hope that this has been a uh, blessing and inspiration to you. Remember, God created the planet. He gave it to Adam and Eve to care for. He wants us to care for it as well. But our greatest focus uh, in life is should not just be caring for this planet and living for this life, but preparing people for that planet that is to come, planet Earth 2.0, that God is going to recreate and um, dwell in with his people face to face. Amen. Well, would you mind closing in prayer for us? Sure, let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you so much that while sin became a reality in the Garden of Eden with Adam and Eve's first choice, and while climate change took place then and there and more changes in the climate after the flood, and while we are experiencing changes in our, our climate and Earth's history today as the Earth grows old like a garment, like we read in Isaiah, we thank you that you tell us in your word, you promise us in your word that you will create a new heavens and a new Earth wherein righteousness dwells. In other words, a universe where there is only good and what is right and what is pure and what is lovely and what is enjoyable. And Lord, we cannot wait to be a part of that perfect world, that planet Earth 2.0, where there's no pain, no suffering, no misery, no death, and where we can see you face to face and dwell with you for eternity. Yes. Pray for any, all who are listening, for any who may not have accepted you yet as their Lord and Savior. I pray that they would do so and that by inviting you to dwell in their hearts by faith, that they would experience a transformation of their life here and a preparation for eternity beyond. Mm -hmm. Lord, we love you. We thank you so much. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.
Oh, well, we've really enjoyed your company today. And uh, next Wednesday, what will our subject be? Next Wednesday is called Climate Craziness. All right. You don't uh, want to miss that one. We're going to look at a climate, cha- climate crisis in the Bible and okay. what the news is saying. Sounds very good. So we look forward to that next week. And as well, please stay tuned to this channel because we've got the Drive Time program coming to us live from Adelaide straight after this program. Until then, remember that fear looks around, regret looks back, but faith always looks up. May God bless you. And we look forward to your company again Wednesday next week. God bless. Keep looking up. Don't give up. Don't give up when there's pain. Deep in your heart Keep looking up Don't give up Don't give up Should the tears begin to start With a prayer All your cares He will cast Into the depths of the sea His love is always there for me
You.